So, so here we have two different vessels about a generation or so apart, um, 500 to 480 BC. Let's double check these dates. So on the left, 510 to 500. On the right is 470 to 460 BC. Two different techniques, black figure versus red figure. Gold star to anybody who can guess where these terms came from. <laughs> so, right, so this is very modern terminology, though. Um, and they're basically the, the opposite of each other, the, the negative. So the black figure, rule of thumb, black figure is earlier. Red figure is later. A red figure, now we're talking the high classical era. Um, it's, it's not that all of a sudden, well, 480 BC, okay, it's time to start the classical era. Although actually somewhat, because their, their book ended by distinct events. 480 was uh, during the Persian War, the sack of Athens, when the Persians decimated the Athenian Acropolis. 420 BC was um, the Peloponnesian War, Athens versus Sparta, when Sparta lays siege on Athens and there's... Uh, this horrific plague that runs its way, runs its course through uh, Athenian society. And so it's nothing like terrible tragedy on either end to produce this uh, flourishing of arts and culture. The general technique, wherever we see black, that is where uh, a material called slip has been applied to the surface of the vessel. Slip, it's, it's sort of like a glaze. It's, um, it's a um, suspension of clay in water, a mixture of clay and water. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's not black paint, right? So it's, it's actually a clay color before it's being applied. Uh, so the potter throws the vessel, and then a, um, someone might, uh, whether it's a, a pupil of the painter might, uh, or the painter himself might generally uh, create a bit of a, a general sketch, so carving a very subtle outlines of the figures into the, the surface of the vessel. Uh, and then one will apply the slip. So in the black figure technique, you're applying the slip as the figures of the foreground as well as all the surrounding body of the vessel and all the other little details and such. Then in the black figure technique, you take a, a sharp tool, some sort of a stylus, and you'll scrape away a bit of the, the area where the slip is applied to create these lines of the fold of the drapery and the details of the face and such. So this removal process that the, where we see the lines of the folds of the drapery, that's just the, and anywhere where we see the red, that's just the red body of the clay itself. It's uh, only during the firing process, and it's a complicated three-stage firing process, only during firing did the slip turn black whereas the red is just the red body of the clay itself that gets oxidized during firing, so it turns from a clay color to uh, this reddish, iron-rich, red, oxidized, red clay co color. Then we see bits of white, so the flesh of the, the woman especially. So this added white pigment, that's paint that's applied to the surface, much as this eye cup that, uh, on this backside here, the eye cup. And anywhere we see other, any color other than red or, or black, that is where paint is applied to the surface. And those Prior to firing? After firing, generally. So after firing, which is more vulnerable than... Um, to, more vulnerable to disintegration. So the added paint usually is... Um, 
not not quite as intact as the rest of the decoration of the vessel. Sometimes completely wholly vanished. Other times it might be flaking. Other times though, it's 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 doing okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the red figure technique is something of just working in the opposite manner. So the slip is applied as the background, and then you take a brush, a very thin, almost singular hair brush, and you'll apply the slip to create the folds of the drapery and the details of the uh, facial characteristics and such. So all that, those thin lines. And once the black, uh, red figure technique evolved or was invented, the Greeks very much seemed to prefer that technique because it just allowed for smoother flow of the wrist rather than using a sharp stylus to, to remove the surface of the slip to create the details, you're uh, using a brush to add in those details. Uh, and so you have far greater than control over the curvature. And so this, this moved more towards this, you, you could say this, this ultimate goal in the, the artists of the ancient Greek world to this movement towards naturalism. Uh, realism in a sense, or, or how do you create a, um, a realistic three-dimensional environment on a flat two-dimensional surface, you know, and, and, and the smooth curves of the natural world. The world's not made of jagged right angles, which uh, you get a little bit more of a jagged lines in the, um, the black figure technique, but the, the world is made of curves, and so uh, this technique was much preferred. You also find a lot more experimentation happening in the red figure in the classical era. In the archaic era, the black figure, generally the figures are represented in a you could say earlier on in a, in a more Egyptian-style manner where you have might see both shoulders frontally while the face is turned to the side and uh, then the feet are generally both pointed in the same direction. Uh, you, you also don't find little toes in uh, the black figure vase painting technique, much as in ancient Egyptian art and ancient Near Eastern art and Egyptian wall paintings and such. By and large, you never see little toes. It's always as though you're looking at one uh, foot from the inside with, with the arch and one big toe. So whether it's the left foot or the right foot, it's always as though you're looking at the foot from that same angle. And one exception, though, for ancient Egypt was the reign of Pharaoh Akhenaten, the heretic king who came just shortly before King Tut, who radically transformed the Egyptian artistic conventions. Uh, you, that's a brief era when you do see little toes in Egyptian art, but then things quickly revert to orthodoxy. It's not that the ancient Egyptians and the Greeks didn't know they had little toes. I mean, but it's just that that's not the way you're supposed to draw. In the red figure technique, though, the classical era, all of a sudden, we have little toes. We also even have attempts at foreshortening. So the figure at right here, all her, her two feet are facing forward, and you see all ten of her toes lined up there, right? And foreshortening is this idea of creating a bit of a depth perspective um, on, on this, this flat surface. So sometimes an arm might be coming straight out of a vessel visually. A lot more dynamic movement, too, and just other subtle changes as well. Instead of rendering the eye as a, a frontal, forward-facing, almond-shaped eye on a profile face like the Egyptians did, now we have an eye drawn a little more realistically, the way we're taught to represent a, an eye in profile as a kid with this sort of more Pac-Man kind of shaped uh, eye from the side. 
So lots of just, just experimentation and playfulness happening uh, when we move into the classical era. Subject matter changes a bit too. We move away from these grandiose classical epics of the struggles of the Trojan War and uh, the representations of uh, classical mythology. And we move more towards an era where the Greeks are representing themselves, everyday life around us. Here we have boys and girls at play and getting to know each other a little bit too closely. Um, and uh, scenes of contemporary domestic life, so the, the immediate contemporary world around them. I often like to compare the classical vase painters to the French Impressionists. I was just yeah, right? For that one very reason, well, multiple reasons. One, one being, of course, yeah, they're, they're moving away from you know, the, the French academic tradition of representing classical myths and moving more towards the immediate contemporary. There's also, in the Impressionism, greater experiments with, with movement and, and dynamic action uh, and also because, just as with the Impressionists, it's a small group of artists who are all working together, and they, they know each other. They're, they have friendly rivalries and uh, interactions. So, Also, for the first time in the history of the world, do we begin to see artists signing their own works of art. You find that in classical Greece. You could probably find it a little earlier into the Archaic Era. Please correct me uh, if, if you can think of a separate earlier example somewhat from somewhere else in the world, but I, I can't think of any other time or place where artists prior to this era would actually put their own names on uh, their work of art. Sometimes you will see in Greek letters written on there uh, something. It might speak, uh, the vessel seems to speak in the first person, like, Exekius painted me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we do actually know the names of some of these artists, but we also make up a lot of names of artists, like the Achilles painter, the underworld painter, the, the, the painter of Berlin. Uh, we have the Chicago painter, and we'll walk right by the Chicago painter as we make our way around the corner. But any other questions, though?